0: Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And uh, maybe we will, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, and a reminder if you're enjoying us to uh, recommend us to friends, to fam, to coworkers, to follow us on social needs. You can find us at FWM Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, you're going to have to go with the full feminist without mystique. Yeah, here we are to talk about the Supreme Court more. But first, <laughs> Fourth of July. Wow. <laughs> what a great time to be an American.
1: Yeah. Fourth of July was yesterday and I felt extra dark yesterday. Um, wasn't really in the mood to celebrate. No. Do feel bad that I sort of darkened the whole family my whole family text thread. <laughs> my poor dad said <laughs> something about what how they were, you know, oh, we're enjoying music outside and it's beautiful. And I was like, Have you heard what happened in Highland? Like, it's like that's not helpful. But <laughs> I do feel like yesterday it was it was more unsettling than normal because earlier in the day, hearing about the situation in Highland, I'm sure most people who are listening know there was a mass shooting. Gunman uh, killed six people, I think maybe seven at this point, and injured twenty four. At a 4th of July parade. And then there was another one in Philadelphia and apparently a couple of others that people were like, Oh, and there were shootings here and here. Um, someone tweeted something about like, I hope if I die from a mass shooting, it's like the one that people decide was quote, the big one of the day. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. "Oof," you know, like, <laughs> um, so anyway, just with that in mind, I it was and it just, those stories were so horrific and I was thinking about it. And then they're just going kind of trying to go into the evening and sort of decompress and hearing like the different pops of like intermittent fireworks and firecrackers and teenagers up to no good. Um, And like a, a bunch of other stuff that was sort of going on in our like pretty boring area of Seattle. I just was nervous. I was not feeling comfortable. I was not sure which things were fireworks and which were like potentially gunshots every year since trump was elected i've felt really kind of grossed out by the fourth and just sort of depressed mm-hmm. and like we're you know it's been in a bad way especially but i don't think i felt this upset since t- like 2017 <laughs> yeah. so yeah it felt different this year and i don't know if you saw the like video of the fireworks in philadelphia with like a hundred thousand people just like scattering and running away because they there was the the two police officers that were shot. And it seems like the circumstances around that seem a little sketchy. People, I don't really know what happened there, but overall it is it, what a, what a portrait um, to encapsulate kind of like where we're at as a country.
0: Yeah. It was a weird fourth. It's like every year as I've gotten older, I've gotten less and less into the fourth as I've become more aware of like how many inequities exist in the country and how it's not really a free country, especially yeah around when Trump was elected, which I had the privilege of <laughs> of being a little more naive before that, you know. I knew these things existed, these inequities, but it wasn't you know? I really felt like we we're going towards hope and progress, and things are going to be getting better, and hooray, America, we're going to do it. Whereas, yeah, each year since then, it just kind of feels like what are we, what are we celebrating? Um, <laughs> well, like I love an I love an occasion. I love to get festive, but yeah, and this year after Roe, it was just sort of like really, literally taking away freedoms here now and then sort of the um the fear of what kind of like how pride ended as like a wet fart because of <laughs> row and you know the the considerations for what that's going to mean for for gay marriage and things like that um so definitely not a not a star stink spangled banner kind of a moment now we we're not going to do anything um we ended up taking our daughter to a parade in the town where my brother lives. Um, she loves that kind of shit, um, and so I wasn't—I wasn't wearing anything patriotic. I had a dress with lemons on it because America is a lemon. Um, <laughs> but it was—it was weird, and it, like there were these, like people dressed up as, like as like soldiers from like the Civil War and the Revolutionary War and shit, like literally shooting muskets. Oh. Like, what what is this and then it's like you'd have you had this like group of people marching and their whole purpose was to be like anti vaxx and then you had like pro-life marchers oh. um yeah and there was also like a black lives matter group and like there were also other groups represented but it was just sort of like uh, like in Connecticut and that's really like affluent suburb that my brother lives um it just was weird i mean my daughter had a blast she loves drums and she was just <laughs> you know why we went but um it felt weird even being there even knowing like i'm not i'm not here to participate in celebrating america i'm here so my daughter can see bright things and music but yeah I wasn't uh, i wasn't feeling patriotic and fire, yeah, my dog hates fireworks, so she had her little vest on and her little mm-hmm. treats and stuff. But all in all, and then with the shooting, um, well, many shootings, but, mm-hmm. you know, texting friends who, who live in the areas, um, which is like a reflex at this point. You get a news alert and then text, okay, hey, who do I know in Chicago? Making sure everyone's okay and then just kind of assuming they will be, you know, but checking and having like a little pit in your stomach mm-hmm. and then thinking about like, well, what if next time they're not you know and I even had that feeling going to the the parade being like what if there's a shooting there which I have before I go to almost any kind of gathering or even the grocery store mm-hmm. it's a weird day had fun with my kiddo but also just kind of bad taste in my mouth and not feeling optimistic I saw some tweet or Instagram post or something that it's like it's like celebrating a birthday of someone in hospice which yeah. I wouldn't make exact comparison because it's like you're human you're still worth celebrating but sort of that idea of like (sighs) things aren't looking great what are we doing putting lipstick on a pig
1: yeah celebrating something that feels like it's so decayed and like just slipping into i mean I i think we're just so far along a very very scary path um so happy
0: 4th of July!
1: Happy 4th. Hope everyone at least enjoyed the long weekend and had something restful. I actually also was, I had a stomach bug for Saturday, Sunday. So was actually vomiting in addition to feeling ill by like metaphorically ill.
0: Oh no. Um,
1: yeah. I don't vomit very often. So it's like, it's really unpleasant.
0: <laughs> yeah. When you get something that you're not used to getting, like I never was a headache person until I got pregnant and I was getting migraines. I was like, how do people deal with this? yeah i don't recommend pre- i was gonna say i don't recommend pregnancy for people who don't want it but i guess if you don't if you live oh, in certain places well, old in ohio who was raped and denied an abortion she went to indiana but like that's not like oh yay Indiana. like i'm glad she was able to get one but it's just anyway we're not here to talk yeah. about we did that last week and we'll do it again
1: we will do it again. I'm glad, I mean, I am glad you brought up that Ohio case because those are just like those are. We're going to see more and more of that. Where you know stories are already coming out from different places with people with different. Um, you yeah. know, it's. I mean, the horrors are already happening. So that's that's what they unleashed immediately on that Friday when they made that decision. But yeah, by they we mean the Supreme Court. <laughs> oh. And um, speaking of unleashed, today we're talking about. The other major decisions from the end of their really, I mean, notorious term, June 2022, I think, will go down. I mean, at least in Supreme Court sort of history, but I think U.S. history. It's it's a, it was a momentous end to this uh, semester. What am I talking about? The like yeah. Supreme Court, uh, you know, year. They very quickly with a a very broad brush they enacted um a lot of conservative priorities they sort of you know it it has begun i think we are in a new era as of june 2022 which is going to be the most conservative supreme court in 50 years and it will continue for quite a while and they're going to dismantle a lot of precedents that have been long lasting for the last 50 or so years even even Going further back than that, in favor of the idea of originalism, and in favor of the archaic way of thinking about what did the founders intend in the 1700s, which is just so misguided when you're trying to put together a, a fair or like an equitable, safe society in 2022. Um, mm-hmm. So we just wanted to talk about a few of those cases, touching on. Um, the Second Amendment. There, there's expansion of the Second Amendment case. There's a religious. There's a couple of religious freedom cases. There's the EPA case. There's a ruling against Native Americans. That there's just.
0: um I might have just a whole forgotten. A lot of I things. Saying. Yeah. yeah I mean, last week we're like, oh, should we talk? And since then there've been more. Like, oh, should we talk about these? And we're like, we're not going to have time for this. And it's like you said, it's I feel like a mix of trying to decipher the original intent in the 1700s mixed with what if we just had like a white Christian theocracy? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What if we just, what if we did that? You know, and it's, it's terrifying. So where do we want to start? (laughs) So many terrible things and a couple there, we went through and there are a few that are like, okay, I guess, but overall (laughs) real, real bad news bears.
1: Right. Real bad news bears. Well, I guess we could start with since you said white Christian theocracy, let's start with the religious Mm -hmm. cases. Um, scroll my little thingy down to that part.
0: Climate change will circle back to you, (laughs) right? We'll get there separation of church and state section. Oh, here she is.
1: Oh man, and you know, when you said white Christian theocracy, it's sort of like it's a convenient argument of conservatives on the court that Mm -hmm. they get to be like, well, you know, they get to persuasively argue that that was what all the founders would have wanted. That's what Mm -hmm. that was, what was, what was going on predominantly in the 1700s when they were drawing up these documents. And it's like one of those instances where the scales are all weighted on their side for this specific thing. It doesn't make Mm -hmm. it right or the proper way to interpret modern constitutional law. But this case is a Washington case, specifically. There's a couple, but the one I was thinking of was the high school football coach who, in Bremerton, Washington, who was fired after leading um, post-game prayers on the 50-yard line. Neil Gorsuch wrote for the conservative majority, um, said that the coach's prayers at the public school event were protected by the Constitution's guarantee of free speech and religious exercise, and did not violate the prohibition on government endorsement of religion. This one is... One of the most dramatic, I think that's, I think it's, I'm already like, good for us for starting with this one. This one is, (laughs) (laughs) this one's insidious, because it might seem relatively innocuous, but it actually Mm -hmm. is a major re- thinking of the way that the court looks at and judges whether or not there's an excessive entanglement of religion in public life it overturns a precedent called lemon versus Kurtzman which I remember from when I did moot court and like this was an important you know there was this important thing we, we learned about it we argued about it it was called the, it's called it it's called the lemon test and there were three prongs the court uses it to decide whether or not the establishment cause was violating you ask if the government action had a secular purpose. Then you ask if the action advanced or inhibited religion. And then you ask if the government had entangled itself with religion. So that's how you determine whether or not the establishment cause has been violated. And by by the standards of the lemon test, this action by this football coach would have easily violated it it violates the first prong secular purpose no did it advance or inhibit religion this is where people could argue well it inhibited his personal religion but it would have advanced re- um, a specific religion at a public school event at a public school yeah. can still fund play
0: in his mind
1: right right Yeah, he could pray in his mind. You know, he could also be silently, if he wanted to pray like back in the locker room or, you know, there's other maybe spaces where he privately could have prayed, but he prayed in the middle of the court and it was so frustrating to Sonia Sotomayor that she included a picture in her dissent which I think they rarely do but she Ooh. she wanted to speak to Gorsuch directly and say you have totally mischaracterized this for your own convenience here you've mischaracterized what was going on here is this man and he is surrounded by his enti- the entire team what looks to be the entire team like conservatively 20 to 25 players who are kneeling around him praying after a game there is coercive social pressure to that it is too much incessive entanglement has the government a, a public school entangled itself with religion here yes so and this test like has continued to be used since i think it was what 19 1971 even though neil gorsuch didn't use the words overturn or overrule for the lemon lemon test he did because in the dissents, they basically say, it, quote, calls into question decades of subsequent precedents that it deems offshoots of that decision. I mean, it, it's going to open the door for a lot of other challenges to mm-hmm. um, allowing religion in public spaces. And of course, when we think about religion, we know really which religion is prioritized here. It's just mm-hmm. the like Judeo Christian <laughs> like values of the 1700s, the ones that like Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett and Gorsuch would approve of. And mm-hmm. anyway, Okay, rant of that part over.
0: (laughs) On the coercion piece, the ACLU put out a statement and um, several students reported that they felt coerced to pray. And one player specifically said that he participated against his own beliefs because he was afraid he'd lose playing time if he declined. So like, there you fucking have it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not, we're not saying that you can't pray in private, but when you're on the job... And you're leading students in prayer. It's inappropriate. It's a slippery slope, and it completely goes against the separation of church and state, which exists for a reason. And yeah, anyone saying that it's not coercion—literally, the student said it, that he felt coerced. And like you said, we're not seeing other religious prayers being advocated for publicly by the Supreme Court. If that would be an interesting turn of events, you know, yeah. a little like Wiccan moment. No, you're not. You guys aren't advocating for that. Why not? Hmm. It's a
1: scary precedent. It makes me really nervous for, I mean, I think there's an intentional leaving the door open to overrule other precedents. Like there's one called Lee versus Weissman from 1992, which held the, a, a rabbi-led prayer at a middle school graduation, effectively coerced students in violation of the Establishment Clause. So teacher-led prayer in the classroom is not constitutional. I I just think like that's kind of maybe the next big one to fall like a te- teachers being allowed to lead prayers in public schools I feel is like the next logical thing because what are they going to do they're going to drag us back to 17 like 95 if we are chained to what was going on in the 1700s for absolutely everything.
0: Yeah, where does it where does it end?
1: <laughs> words words fail. Words really fail me there.
0: On the separation of church and state. <laughs> issue. Um, a little bit before that uh, decision, I think about a week before there was Carson versus Macon another 6-3 decision. There are a lot of those. Um, and that was when they ruled that Maine, uh, the state, <laughs> can't bar religious schools from receiving public grants that are extended to other private schools. Um, and Roberts wrote for the majority and said that the tuition program was Promote stricter separation of church and state than the Constitution requires, which is another—you know—you just see them kind of loosening up about that, uh, that separation until it's not separate at all anymore. And
1: okay, if you're someone who is, you know, practice a practicing Catholic or Protestant or whatever, um, and this doesn't make you that uncomfortable, think about how would you feel if it was a religion that you are less familiar with, less comfortable with, and a teacher has the religious freedom? I mean, I worry that, of course, bring it forward, bring it in front of this Supreme Court, and they're going to find some sort of originalist way to say, oh, well, Muslim prayer isn't allowed, you know, or something. Um, Like, so, I mean, I guess there's less worry if you're a religious. If you're in line with the religions of the five person majority on the Supreme Court um, I suppose you're feeling pretty comfy right now if you were being intellectually honest with yourself would this make sense to you if it was uh, a different religion that was being permitted to be practiced publicly at a football game a public football game a you know or in your child's classroom I mean we know the answer so it's just about you like coming clean about your own intellectual honesty there.
0: I almost wonder if there'll be some sort of challenge which involves another religion and how that would go over and what the defense would be of whatever ruling, you know, was decided.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I wonder if they would get they would try to get away with rule. I mean, maybe they wouldn't they would try to make some sort of very narrowly tailored just on the basis of the facts of mm-hmm. just this one case. Yeah.
0: Nitpick one weird point out. And mm-hmm. That's why slippery little snakes.
1: I know because in these other cases, they're being gifted the opportunity to make broad sweeping generalizations. Um, mm. And ones in which we'll see it in other areas of the law. We're seeing it with other legislatures when they're passing different, like the don't say gay bill where you, there are certain things that you can't say to children for or to various ages of students and different things are being put in textbooks and different things can't be said about critical race theory, which is just like, you know, United States history, but whatever. There's this movement that is intended to chill speech. And I think in a similar way, these actions that are permitting religion to creep back into public school life and just kind of to normalize that they're making these decisions extremely broad extremely vague so that Mm -hmm. um lower courts can allow a broad range of act of religious activities in public schools it's just it's 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 troubling
0: There's just this feeling from so many white conservative christians that if they can't do exactly what they want when they want where they want that their freedom is being infringed upon but they just are so fucking narrow-minded cannot see outside of themselves and see that other people have other perspectives and maybe their actions are actually infringing upon other people's freedoms it's just so like blatantly selfish and short-sighted and narrow-minded and fucking stupid
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i agree
0: (laughs) And all this power that they it's just it's so fucked up
1: i know and then when we i mean i i'm Apologize for being so redundant on this, but we're we're stuck with these people who weren't weren't elected by by men who won the popular mm-hmm. vote at all. So so we are really being we are being strangled like by these people who were not. It just feels so anti-democratic. Um and like a, a different point that I wanna make, but it's totally, I think like a broader conversation for another time. But um I was listening to, I've only like listened to about half of it. But it's a podcast that Ezra Miller was talking about. Um, I think it's on the New York Times. And he was interviewing uh, Larry Kramer, who's a constitutional scholar. He's responding to the frustration that it seems like liberals, because we had the 60s and 70s, there was a very liberal court, the Warren court. We kind of went all in on like, this is it. The court decides. The court, we expand. Our rights are expanded by the court, which makes sense because Brown v. Board of Ed expanded the right the there were rights expanded and that made a lot of sense but so liberals kind of went all in on being like comfortable with the court making like having change come from the court and then with roe v wade it went too far according to a lot of people you and i obviously disagree and then there turn there seemed like a slow, slow movement that was sort of like Republicans and conservatives were like, okay, we need to win back the courts. And that's our top priority because when we do, when we have enough federal federal court judges, when we have enough Supreme Court judges, it's go time. Um, mm-hmm. and we have found ourselves in a in a really sticky spot where we were all in on, um, I'm paraphrasing, I'm trying to paraphrase the part of the podcast I've already listened to, but like where we found ourselves is in a really uncomfortable spot where we can't argue against the legitimacy of the court because we've like been so invested in their decisions and in the ways in which the court has Expanded people's rights historically, while also not not being able to motivate and move Congress to legislate on these things. And like, how do we push? Like, how do we fight this back? And I think, I think we, you and I, liberals, like people, will need to have really hard conversations where we we try to figure out where we go from here and how do we really make some lasting change. The, how do we push this, how, pull this power away from the court and take it back yeah. for for Congress and also for the people? We, well, first thing to do would be having a, having a president that kind of fights for those types of things and starts like starts may starts making some fucking threats. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the Larry Kramer was saying on the podcast that like FDR was the one who famously talked about court packing. It w- didn't go over well at the time and it hasn't aged well with history. But except for recently when people are talking mm-hmm. about court packing. Just still not popular, but like it was powerful enough at the time that it had he, he he got what he wanted, which was for the courts to back down when he was trying to enact a federal program in the wake of um, the Great Depression to help people and to give people more work. Like he got what he wanted by threatening court packing as a tactic. Sorry, that was like a that's a little tangent, but it just feels like in this moment where democracy feels like it is dying, it is on its like last breath here we need people who have been elected to kick up a shitstorm, start fighting, start moving the needle and we'll take it from here. I think I think even the fight would would get some respect from the other side.
0: No, absolutely and you know, we need to elect more progressive people. Um just yes. easier <laughs> much easier said than done, especially with gerrymandering and all that all that stuff, but Biden needs to not run again. I feel no. like he's probably going to. And if he does, I'll vote for him in the general. If he but like, fuck, dude, just sit this one out. You're not you're not what we need. I do genuinely believe he genuinely believes he's doing the best job he can be doing, but I don't think he's actually doing a great job, you know. Agreed. And, uh, Agreed,
1: and it's—I mean—the the, the arrogance. I'm sorry, and I—I—I I, I, I like Biden, all right, and like fine. You know, if
0: he was my neighbor, i, I think I'd love him. Yeah. But as the president, I do not.
1: Right. Right. Great neighbor, Great. I'm sure. Great neighbor. Someone you, one might say you could, you, could, have, you could have a beer with. You could have a beer with them. But this man is the the arrogance that it takes to, after after you know God it's been only what two years barely two years that he's been in office um to sit here in this landscape and say that you're the best person for the next four years after really reassuring everyone that you were just a like placeholder president to like right the ship Mm -hmm. i mean i guess i can say that you righted the ship a little but honestly right in this moment it feels very topsy turvy and that even feels like a real gift to you for your legacy Mm -hmm. (laughs) get your shit together and buck up (laughs)
0: Get out of there! Yeah. Anywho, please. Which one next?
1: <laughs> Your turn to pick.
0: <laughs> Ooh, finally spin the the roulette of terrible fucking things. Ooh, what's this? The Second Amendment. Okay, yes, oh. New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. Another six to three. Again, a lot of those. Um, that was the one saying that. Americans have, law-abiding Americans, um, have a right to carry handguns outside the home for self-defense. Um, and good old Clarence wrote the majority opinion, don't we love him? Um, and it struck down a long-standing New York law that required a special need to carry a weapon. Um, and there are similar, similar laws in Maryland, California, Jersey, Hawaii, Massachusetts, that are now at risk with this, um, particular ruling because what this country needs now is easier access to guns mm. mm-hmm. That's what need. Mm-hmm. it's going well
1: this one feels like it should really speak for itself in the wake of uvalde and you know mm-hmm. just the daily mass shootings um yeah. and how tone deaf it is and poorly timed and just downright misguided and way too broad and like the like put upon nature thomas and alito love to just be like way way wee in their the tones of their opinions is so whiny it's so like put upon and like we're the victims it's really fascinating actually the way that they find a way to have to carry that tone but what did thomas say so he said the constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense is not, quote, a second-class right subject to an entirely different body of rules than the other Bill of Rights guarantees. Um, we know of no other constitutional right that any individual may exercise only after demonstrating to government officers some special need. Um, <laughs> so the liberals say that he distorted history and ignored um, precedent, which is all feels like pretty objectively true. Um, It's also just sort of bizarre to say that we would call the second amendment, like this interpretation of the second amendment, a second class, right. Um, It's as, I mean, all of the rights or most of them have you're they're up for interpretation. Um, You don't have a carte blanche right to free speech. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You know, you can't, um, there, there, there are certain tests like clear and present danger to uh, some of your free speech rights. They're balanced against public safety. They're balanced against. Um, there, there are always balancing tests in uh, built into um, the constitution built into some of these rights. But also, as usual, it's sort of like he's just a bad, bad faith interpreting the Second Amendment and this law. It's like he can't even. See- I just, I find it just so frustrating that part, that part of it was really like a very wah-wah part, but he also, another thing I just want to highlight, is that Thomas cited Dred Scott, which is like, yeah, like, ah, man,
0: dude.
1: Yeah, like, for those that don't know Dred Scott, V. Sanford was a important and notoriously shitty case from pre-civil war um which basically ruled that slaves indeed were property and were still property if they were um not like if they moved to a, uh, a state that didn't have slavery they could be taken back into slavery um due to the fact that they are not people they're property that was written by roger taney and clarence thomas cited roger taney's Opinion in Dred Scott v. Sanford. In this, it's really, really sneaky. It's really uh, like I, I just fucking hate it because it's such a, it's such a sneaky thing. And um, he, the way that he talks about it was like basically to say, let me just see if I can, because I pulled up the part that he said, um. Even before the Civil War commenced in 1861, this court indirectly affirmed the importance of the right to keep and bear arms in public. Writing for the court in Dred Scott v. Sanford, Chief Justice Taney offered what he thought would be a parade of horribles that would result from recognizing that free blacks were citizens of the United States. If blacks were citizens, Taney fretted, they would be entitled to the privileges and immunities of citizens, including the right, quote, to keep and carry arms, and then he italicized this, wherever they went. Um, thus, even Chief Justice Tani recognized, albeit unenthusiastically, in the case of blacks. God, that that parenthetical is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Um, that public carry was a component of the right to keep and bear arms, a right free blacks were often denied in antebellum America. Again, often denied doing heavy lifting. I there are a couple of things that, that are just so galling here, but I mean, citing that citing Tani and being like. He, Tani didn't believe that black people were people. So why are we, why are we citing him? Why are we citing him? It, we're citing him because it's convenient for you in this case. And you know, it's going to make liberals heads explode. Like, but, but could we just like, why does it make logical sense? Because you, you think that because this racist man from eighteen. 18- 61, thought that he fretted that if, if slaves were people, they would be able to carry arms with them wherever they went. Well, but he didn't think that slaves were people. Like, I guess it's, I, I, following his logic doesn't even really make any sense because we're trying to follow the logic of someone who just denied the humanity of a whole group of people. So, just from that alone i mean it's it's sneaky because you're saying even this racist fuck agreed that if slaves were people they would have gun, they would ha- they would be able to take guns wherever they go but it's just so bad faith it's like a weirdly almost it's just a weird fucked up wink being like look i'm in i am in such a seat of power and you have yeah, and i am just about to like give you like hand down this ruling that is you know just going to be so detrimental to people trying to have a safe have safer seats safer cities you know safer states safer cities and watch I'm gonna I'm gonna cite Dred Scott v. Sanford on you like I it it is again it's one of those things that does leave you pretty speechless wow
0: yeah and um a couple of things I wanted to mention on that. So, the the states that I mentioned that have similar laws that are now, you know, effect, um, even though it's only five states, it's where literally a quarter of all Americans live. Because um, I think sometimes you hear, like, oh, these states will be impacted. It's like, that's, you know, we're talking California. <laughs> you know, we're talking some big states here. Um, and when this decision was made, share prices of firearms manufacturers rose on Wall Street, um, with some of them climbing more than 9%, which it's just the NRA, it feels like the NRA has got their little paws and everything. Um, And in the uh, Injustice Briar's dissent, you know, they they spoke of the 45,222 Americans um, that were killed by firearms in 2020 um, and as we've mentioned, gun violence has now surpassed motor vehicle crashes as a leading cause of death among kids um, and adolescents. So it's, uh, it's just galling in the world that we live in that this decision is being handed down with the justification that's almost almost laughable, you know, it's like if we were watching a lot of this shit, if it was on like a TV series, we'd be like, that's a little on the nose, <laughs> you know? Yeah. A little much, that's not realistic. Yet here we are living in reality and it's exactly what's happening. Um, its And then of course, the the reaction to the dissent for the majority was, you know, well, basically the well, criminals will get guns anyway. Okay. It's a tired ass non-argument like we've
1: right and there's so many different other countries like i mean you just look and other countries who are regulated firearms in a sensible way don't have this issue so like that Mm. is just dead in the water also many pointed out because this case came down the day before roe fell and you're so so you're saying that states can legislate states don't have the power Mm -hmm. to legislate gun violence and to to, um control access to firearms in ways that they you know it's like leave it up to the states but only when it suits us because you can't you know like Mm -hmm. it's it, it you're taking away the power of the state to legislate on guns and you're giving it to the states purposefully giving it back to the states purposefully um to legislate on what women on a personal level can do with their bodies um
0: I think trying to apply, yeah logic to any of this mm-hmm. makes your head explode because it's not born from logic mm-hmm. it's and after that decision was um was handed down i read about the woman on i think it was the upper east side who was pushing her baby in a stroller and was shot in the head mm-hmm blank range. Um, and just thinking, great. Yes. I'm glad we've, we've made this easier to accomplish.
1: Right. Right. Allowing anyone who wants a gun for any reason with any, with no level of training, you know, no real powerful background check, um, You know, all the loopholes that are involved, even including having domestic violence, you know, a background with domestic violence or having had police at your house three times, like the shooter from yesterday, uh, three times in a year, police visited his house and he'd been posting threatening images and violent images. And um, he was allowed to buy three AR-15s like in the last month. Um, Anyway, like so that's all somehow – worthy of um the supreme court protecting it at a very broad level not not allowable for states to consider what might be best for for them and for the safety of their citizens i mean i just i really it gets more and more likely by the day that someone that we know Mm -hmm. is gonna die of gun violence and I mean at this point it has been we've talked about it a few times and sometimes we are flipping about it but it's like uh, I and you brought it up earlier earlier in this podcast like we both when we walk around places and think that maybe we're going to be shot mm-hmm. um sometimes I'll be sitting in a cafe and I'll just wonder like what if someone just like drives by and starts shooting or um and yesterday I was trying to eat outside and some guy passed by and he looked like a little sketchy, but also probably wasn't like if I, if I didn't have in my mind, like there was a mass shooting at a parade and, you know, I was just totally thinking about it. I don't think I would have flagged this person as being particularly noteworthy. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, he passed by and I was sort of like, what if he just shoots us? I mean, I, I think about it every, I've thought about it every single time I've gone into a movie theater since Aurora mm-hmm you I think about it in grocery stores, I mean, and so do you like this is yeah. not i this is not normal and it's not healthy like
0: no it's not it's not good for anybody and I just had, um saw that a, a toddler that was found at the Highland park scene who survived both his parents were killed,
1: yeah oh, uh, I it's <sighs> it's just
0: I mean, it's too maybe. much to bear. It's too much, and it's we're making it. Eat. It's like we are so obviously going in the wrong direction in so many ways in this country, and it just feels like screaming into the void sometimes.
1: It really does. I I I probably won't be able to find this tweet from a quick scan, but um, after I think it was really after this um, it was after the, this Bruin the gun gun overturning of this gun law. Um, John Lovett tweeted something about basically like they just are making it easier for us to live in like a cruel unfair and um, like unsafe world. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing it poorly but it was kind of it just like it was just the despair of being like why are you taking such pleasure in striking down laws that States have announced have enacted and agencies have enacted, and we'll get to that, but like to make this a place that's safer for our children and grandchildren to live and and sustainable and like I mean we're we're trying, obviously, there's so much work to do on the congressional level, and we'll get to that in other episodes. but like, why are you as the court taking such pleasure in putting your thumb on the scale? in in favor of making things worse and dragging us back proudly to like 200 years ago.
0: Yeah, there does seem to be like a a glee with which these decisions are being made. And a lot of it's not even reflective of what the American public even wants. Right. A lot of this even across party lines we're like, no, I feel like we should really like mm." Yeah. (laughs) they're going to keep electing, you know, Republicans are going to keep voting for Republicans even if they they don't like I feel like half the time they don't even realize that they're electing people who support this or who do this. It's just they like tune into Fox News and believe whatever bullshit they hear and keep mm-hmm. voting for the same fucking people, even if they are asked separately about issues mm-hmm. and they disagree with what their elected officials doing that they elected, and they keep like electing these people. It's it's mind numbing. I can't.
1: It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, What's next on
0: the docket, girl?
1: <laughs> well, I think we're at the the court's rollback of the uh, Environmental Protection oh. Agency.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Their the EPA's ability to reduce the carbon output of existing power plants in a blow to the Biden administration's plans for combating climate change. Uh, the decision risks putting the U.S. even further off track from the president's goal of running the nation's power grid on clean energy by 2035 um like before we even get into this i i just want to say this decision actually wasn't even a real rule like it it was super weird because um it was something that i think was put forward in the obama era it was um halted by the supreme court um and, yeah, it was. I'm just reading, like, I'm just reminding myself. Um, the EPA um, basically, like, these Obama rules were never reinstated after um, the Supreme Court halted it in 2016. And um, they were – and Biden hasn't, like, put forth a plan where he would put this back into place. Um, so – It's not the the court decided to take up a case in which there's a law that wasn't actually active, which is sort of feels like it's it strains like it really strains my brain to understand why they would do that. Aside from just like, again, like you said, the term kind of that comes to mind is like gleeful. It's a Mm -hmm. gleeful like, oh, this popped up. And even though, like, yes, like someone sued the Obama administration on this, but this is not a law right now, which makes it shouldn't make it a priority. It shouldn't really make it relevant for the court's docket this year. Um, So the base level of this is that they took up a case on a law that wasn't actually, hasn't been enacted since 2016. Um, And uh, I think what it was that the Washington Post said um, basically. Since the Biden administration hasn't formulated its plan and it doesn't have, this this hasn't been enacted, the administration and environmentalists were stunned when the Supreme Court took this case. Um, the Biden administration advised it, advised it to simply vacate the D.C. appeals court decision and wait um, to make a more intensive review of the EPA's powers after new regulations were proposed. So it's just, just to set up what we're talking about, like this fucking case this rule wasn't even these these regulations weren't even in place
0: yeah what's the what's the fucking point yeah and like gun violence climate crisis is really really careening us toward apocalypse and so why it's it's again short-sighted stupid shit um why why?
1: Yeah, yeah i mean it's again the, it was a six three vote um mm-hmm. chief justice roberts wrote the majority and it goes with what we were saying about conservatives just being like we're taking power we're taking power in some cases away from the states because we think the states don't deserve to legislate on the, those types of things but mm-hmm. we're giving it to the states on other things and then we're also taking power away from the executive branch Um, Too much power is vested there, and then then too much power is also vested in the agencies that are offshoots of Congress. Um, It's, uh, what did Robert say? He said, quote, capping carbon dioxide emissions at a level that will force nationwide transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity may be sensible, um, maybe a sensible solution to the crisis of the day, but it is not appla- it's not plausible that Congress gave the EPA authority to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme. Um,
0: scheme. Gors-
1: scheme. <laughs> Gorsuch wrote, uh, when Congress seems to sl- seem slow to solve problems, it may be only natural that those in the executive branch might seek to take matters into their own hands, but the constitution does not authorize agencies to use pen and phone regulations as substitutes for laws passed by the people's representatives. Now, Kagan, on the other hand, wrote, um, the court appoints itself, she wrote in her dissent, the court appoints itself instead of Congress or the expert agency, the decision maker on climate policy. I cannot think of many things more frightening. Mm. Um, This is one of those things that, again, is super frustrating because we have a court that isn't interested in allowing experts to... Experts in agencies to make decisions um, on regulations for clean air and clean water, um, and I don't know when we're going to be able to prioritize climate change if the EPA can't make re- sensible regulations. I mean, it seems like it's already so uh, influenced by lobbyists. Like Congress is already so in the pocket of so many different lobbyists who want to still use coal and you know only want what what's going to benefit their business interests um, while the rest of us just like choke on unclean air and um, you know get cancer from the air and get Mm -hmm. swept away by floods and um, you know it's it's the walls are closing in on us with climate Um, and (laughs) I feel like uh, it really does feel like you know Game of Thrones where like White Walkers are coming and that's Mm -hmm. then like we're just fighting some stupid petty thing. You know, the Supreme Court is like one of those weird, little, greedy little kings of Westeros in the south, not really understanding what's going on. Um, I'm rewatching yeah. Game of Thrones, so it's like fresh in my mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what should we watch? Ooh, cool. oh. No, it is. Yeah, winter is coming, and it's it's one of those things where it's like I get hyper focused on a lot of the things that are happening um that are very, very important, some equally important. And then I think, like, and peripherally, I feel like I see, like, oh, shit, climate crisis, that's still happening. But it felt like it wasn't as attacked as some other things, you know? So it kind of, like, slips from the forefront of my mind, and then things like this happen. I'm like, well, one, it's still being attacked, and two, if we're not actively fighting toward, um, you know, cleaner energy, we are, you know of attacking ourselves.
1: Yeah. Also, there's, I think, language that I keep seeing, well, keep seeing by conservatives about, like, well, I don't want like big government bureaucrats deciding what's going on with my life. It's like, there's not... The EPA, we have got to empower experts who look at the research and the science to act on the data and provide recommendations for Congress, and and regulate. I mean, I I think they should be empowered to regulate based on what they know to be true and what's best for the country on clean air, clean water, like different emission standards. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can like, let's deal with their overreach when they've actually over overreached. Um, Like, and I, I think prioritizing business interests and dollars and cents of some of these like big Oil tycoons and like fucking asshole billionaires is like mm-hmm. over the, over the interests of everyone whose like houses are falling into the water and falling like getting swept away with floods and dying from heat strokes at record rates like and yeah. wildfires like come on where where at what point do we care about these people
0: I know and why don't people take the fucking time to understand like we we addressed this a little bit with Roe last week where, you know, and I was talking about the men on Facebook who had like opinions that were based in factual inaccuracies. Mm -hmm. And it's just it continues to be mind blowing and heartbreaking to me that decisions get to be made that have no basis in either truth or empathy. And we just because some dude said it was so, you know, Mm and we just have to and Amy Coney Barrett like we just have to kind (laughs) of go with it like we know like I'm waiting for I don't know some superhero squad or something to save us from ourselves (laughs) because it's just I feel like we've also said over the years that it feels like a bad like apocalypse movie Mm -hmm. where it's just like too fucking on the nose with these like cartoon villains Mm-hmm. making these decisions that we've literally seen be made in movies where the, the world ends or and I don't know how to get out from under it besides for electing more progressives but again like how do we even you know I don't think I'm going to be on the on the jet to the new the new planet and if yeah. I am it sounds like I'm going to be like an indentured servant <laughs> um, like I don't I don't know the answer is. And it's like, are, is it literally going to be like the world ends, but these like rich white conservatives have access to the, you know, the jet that gets them out of here, the rocket. I don't know. I, don't I didn't know. mean to go full doomsday, but it's like the natural progression of this. And yeah. that's what's so like disheartening. And like, I've seen some memes and some tweets and some posts about how like, it's hard because you know, if you're an anxious person, you know, oftentimes you can root yourself in reality. and be Like, is there logic to what I'm anxious about? Right. And there's so much logic. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's illogical not to be anxious almost. And so it's, you know, I saw something that was like, well, you can succumb to fascism and your plants can die. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, that's what it feels like. It's like, what are we? I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, my tirade over my rant. No,
1: no, it's, it's all true. And it's all. So yeah, it's also true. It's, I don't, I don't know really where to go with all of this. Um, I don't know how structurally you change things. Um, Mm -hmm. Aside from, like, and I don't want to hear it again from a Democrat, like, aside from voting, like, we're voting. We've been voting. Right. Like.
0: Send $15 to Nancy Pelosi.
1: Oh, man. I texted her. direct. I mean, directly. I texted. <laughs> I, te- <laughs> <laughs> I texted whoever texted me from the D- D triple C. It was like, can you, we think you can pitch in, like, $20. And I, first of all, 20 not even, like, a $3 ask. Like, 20 the, yeah, you like, got
0: coded to them as someone who was going to give them $20.
1: Oh, my God. I was like – I I sent, I never, like, really send them back anything, but I was like, you should know I'm not don- donating to any Democrats in the midterms, like, aside from if there's someone specific that I really like, but I didn't say that to them. I said, mm-hmm. no Democrats, only abortion clinics, you fucks. Like, direct aid is where I'm putting my dollars, like, until you start giving some direct aid to your fucking voters – um one more just like note on the EPA thing cuz it bothers me cuz it's more conservative court bureauc um hypocrisy uh roberts wrote um he basically, in the Washington Post, talks about how he chastised the EPA for founding, quote, newfound power in the vague language of the, of the Clean Air Act, arguing that the law was written a half century ago and never allowed the EPA to force electric utilities to switch from coal to solar, wind, and other renewable forms of generation. He said, quote, It is not possible that Congress gave the EPA authority to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme. Oh, right. I already read that. Um, a decision of such magnitude and consequence rests with Congress itself or an agency acting, in, acting pursuant to clear delegation from that representative body. Um, I hear all of this and I feel deeply frustrated that um, conservatives are purposefully uh, handing down decisions with um newfound power in vague language um and yet chastising the epa for such a thing they're also saying oh there's no way that that was what was intended when the clean air act was written a half century ago it's like oh oh suddenly like we're (laughs) the the original intent of the clean air act i just i'm i'm you know maybe it sounds like a reach but it just feels a little like oh once again like it's only these these like these philosophies about like v- vague language being unfair and too broad. Only like it's it's a it's bad for the EPA to find that for the betterment of like our global the global health of the planet. But like for you, you know the power of your vague language, and you're going to be handing things down in a way in which it emboldens the conservative court, uh, federal court, conservative jurors all over the place or conservative judges all over the
0: world the place.
1: jurors, <laughs> the <laughs> jurors. Oh, conservative judges all over the country of which there are many um to uh use your vagaries to their benefit and to the benefits of the people who are um trying to force their personal beliefs on other people
0: yeah and it's so transparent if you pay any fucking attention yeah and how are people not paying attention? I don't, I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand. Like, I understand the the person, like, the fucking single parent with three jobs doesn't have time, you know. Like, I can understand circumstantially, but, like, as a whole, mm-hmm. we are an uninformed motherfucking nation who is making a lot of really bad choices and <laughs> someone needs to talk to her about it. Because <laughs> she just had a party for her birthday and. Someone had to pull. Should have pulled her aside. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Before we set off the fireworks, honey, um, we need to talk about this year, and also like all the years.
1: (laughs) Right. Your plans for the future going forward. Okay. Yes. How do
0: we go from here?
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff on the shitty Supreme Court rulings that we just we'll get. Maybe we'll get to another time as the long-lasting effects of some of the crap becomes more obvious but yeah there were other cases that were terrible there were a couple cases that were good but in the interest of time just um quick nod to some of the cases the supreme court's agreed to take up next year <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: the court has decided to revisit next year whether universities can use race as one factor in making admissions decisions um again there's Lots of precedent that has allowed it, but we know what they like to do with precedent. Respect it. <laughs> They're also going to decide whether a designer of wedding websites can tell same-sex couples she will not work for them. Again, mm, pretty sure we know where that's going to go. Absolutely. But hey, maybe not. Maybe Gorsuch or Kavanaugh will surprise us. Not holding my breath. And then, worst of all... <laughs> they are going to consider a case that could radically change the way states set rules for federal elections, giving state legislatures almost total control over the drawing of congressional districts in which candidates can run and the rules of voting, even if state courts think they violate the state
0: constitution. Uh Uh-oh. Ooh. That's upsetting. So my 4th of July was a, you know, not super celebratory. Yeah, it was a bummer. (laughs) Not a lot of hope. I feel like packing the courts right now. I feel like it's less loose.
1: All right. And now for We See You.
0: (laughs) So Andrew Bogut, who was not someone I knew existed before this uh, news piece uh, hit. Currently he's in the NBA. Um, He was slut-shaming Kendall Jenner and then double-downed double down doubled down on it um he tweeted will the twenty two twenty twenty two 2022 nba draft completion yesterday one big name has yet to find a home which team will snap up kendall jenner solid talent versatile marks around team culture and habit of endless self-promotion doctors will need to do medical as body has been banged up um which is really disgusting. And then he, when his doubling down was him tweeting, I would like to formally apologize for this tweet. My scout uh, forgot to include the elite level of rebounding. Okay. So,
1: wow. What? Yeah.
0: Just to, you know, Ew. to really, really, I'm not going to apologize for this. Wow. Yeah. Really, really gross. Um And I'm not, you know, I'm not pro or anti Kendall uh, Kendall Jenner. I'm kind of the whole Kardashian family. I'm sort of like, I feel like there's a lot of nuance there. And I'm just gonna (laughs) wish you all happy healthy lives and kind of stay away from it. Yeah. Um, But it was, it was just really extra disgusting. Um, Her body has been banged up and like, you know, you don't know her life. Also, NBA stars and athletes in general are kind of known for sledding about, and there's nothing wrong with sledding about. But he's basing this off of the fact that she's had relationships with athletes over the years.
1: Mm-hmm. Big
0: fucking whoop. Can yeah. we not make judgments about women based on who they may or may not have dated? Whether you feel like they've dated too many people, like can we move past this? It's just, it feels like we're stuck in the past. Um, and then it's like, I, I don't know if I appreciate more the fact he didn't give us a fake apology. Like, yeah. you know where he stands, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. I just thought it was like, I mean, there's slut-shaming shit about Kendall Jenner and all women <laughs> yeah. all the time. Um, but I just found the shit that he said particularly disgusting and yeah. yeah I'm talking about yeah you know, her body is banged I'm like fuck off dude fuck Ooh. off
1: just leave her alone so, Jesus yeah play your
0: sports balls leave her alone Ooh. keep your name out of her mouth keep everyone's name out of your mouth and just play basketball or whatever the fuck you do right and we we'll see you I'm trash
1: we see you. That's awful. Also, like, oh, a lot of athletes are known to date models, you know, like you little beaches. Yeah, we
0: want to talk about his dick being banged up. Yeah. You know. It's just, it's just... such a double standard. Like let, let people be sluts if they want to be. Yeah. <laughs> leave the judgment out of it, not saying Kendall Jenner is a slut. Very much not saying that. But if we were <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Totally.
1: Um Okay, so Hannah Rosemay tweeted on Twitter um, a very helpful thread about some creepy shit that um, is going on with, or that people are, you know, misusing Apple AirTags. I don't know. Are you familiar with AirTags?
0: I've heard about them in the context of, like, creepy, attempted, like, stalky, kidnappy things, but I don't actually know anything about, like, how or why they're usually used. or if They're usually used AirTags. for pets.
1: They're usually used for pets. Like, we just put one on Knox. Like, after he tried to sneak out of the house, we put an air tag on him. <laughs> but now I feel bad. Um, like... <laughs> um, and also, Campbell put one on, like, his keys because <laughs> Cause he just needs to know where they are. Um, so... <laughs> Like, but so it seemed pretty innocuous and like maybe helpful to me, although it's probably not something Campbell was like, Do you want to put them on anything? And I was just like, No. I mean
0: <laughs> well, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be
1: like, I'll be inconvenienced if I lose something, but I'll just continue to try not to lose things like I've been doing. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, but that that's why I only am Reese like I've just recently been familiar with it in the last month. Um, but, uh, she tells a story about how an, um, someone put an air tag on her to track her location Saturday night. She didn't even know, um, until she got a find my notification. And for people who don't know find my, it's on Apple phones. It's like a way in which you can share your location with people. And, um, so find my basically sent her an emergency notification and saying like your current location can be seen by the owner of this item. Um, and it's like, Okay, so there's like an air tag owned by someone else saying this person can now see your location. Um, and that someone had been tracking her for hours. Um, she was able to sort of figure out where it was starting to track her and until the safety alert, until she got the safety alert a couple of hours later and she was able to, um, disable it. But it was, um, seemed like really scary. And, um, it just was sort of something that I didn't, uh, ever think about in terms of a use for an air tag, but yeah, people will like activate it and slip it could slip it into your purse or, um, a pocket or like a, you know, a jacket pocket or something. And you wouldn't know. So it pretty, pretty bummer that it seems like when I looked into it a little more, it's like, Oh, of course it's was supposed to be something. That was helpful but actually seems more nefarious than than good so anyone who has an air tag or like just if if you get a find my notification this is like the takeaway is basically like if you get a find my notification that pops up on your phone you should click on it and see what it says because it's apple trying to let you know like someone is tracking you (laughs) you know it might or it might be yeah um it might be so that's awful so we see you to just like people who do that and like the world in which that's normal
0: here we are (laughs) great um speaking of bad things uh this when I was reading about this I had to double check is this really what she said it is what she said um Ohio State Representative Jean Schmidt um, she gave the the age old argument that a baby created from rape could grow up to cure cancer, mm-hmm. um, which isn't what we see. It's obnoxious, and yeah, you know, all the I saw something about how all the gay kids who were bullied into killing themselves, like they could have cured cancer too. Like there's, you can go lots of places with this. Um, but she also spoke to the fact that rape is a difficult issue, and spoke to the fact that it's an opportunity if a woman, no matter how young or old she is um gets pregnant as a result of rape as a defense of you know being anti-choice it's an opportunity mm-hmm. you No, know, i feel like you can almost just leave it there yeah <laughs> how dare you and she's a woman which is you know yeah i sure gets my goat to see women advocating for such things um yeah but you know we see rape resulting in pregnancy is not a great opportunity. It's uh, a terrible traumatic event that the person should be able to choose to terminate the pregnancy. Um, mm-hmm. That's what they decide. Or if they decide to carry on with it, that's their choice too. But how dare you take what would be the worst experience in a lot of people's lives and tell them, you know, it's an opportunity. It's, like, along the same vein of everything happens for a reason, just completely dismissing a terrible event. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we see you. It's disgusting. We see you. You yourself, Gene.
1: That's awful. That's awful. Um, another we see you is uh, the Texas Tribune is reporting that the Uvalde shooting victims aren't getting compensated from state funds as intended. Um, it seems like... Uh, there's the senator state senator roland gutierrez and uvalde mayor are asking for governor greg abbott to remove the uvalde county district attorney from overseeing the uh, funds because they're not getting to the victims um and this seems like particularly poor um a poor showing especially considering all the news in which the ways that like law enforcement has like fucked with these families but even more so um they're continuing to terrorize the woman who um, famously ran into the school to get her kids. They're like sitting outside of her house at night and like flashing lights and just like, just like bullying her. Um, so I just, it's kind of like, what is going on, you know, there? Um, and why are you further traumatizing families of these vic- like victims um, victims families and other people in the community by being kind of like by withholding funds and weird ways and being um bullies it just seems like uh I think there's going to be a lot that comes out with like just the way that this whole crisis has been managed in Uvalde and in Texas broadly that is just going to make everyone look like total asses Um, anyway, so yeah, that's just a, a we see you to that situation, which every single piece of news I get about it, I'm just like disgraceful, disgrace after disgrace, failing people who just need help and healing as much as they humanly can at this point, support, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we see you.
0: Speaking of, uh, disgrace, um, we have Brittany Greiner being held, um, as a prisoner in Russia for what seems to be purely political power moves, um, which shouldn't be shocking coming from from Putin. Um, She was detained in February, on February 17th. Um, The accusation was that she had vape cartridges containing hashish oil, um, which is illegal in Russia. She was there in the first place to play basketball. She's in the WNBA and is, by all accounts, the premier athlete of the WNBA, one of the best athletes in the world. Um, but because we don't pay live, great wages to uh, women who are athletes, she, like a lot of other WNBA um, athletes, kind of moonlights and plays over in, in other countries. Um, because I think it's, I think the NBA pays 200 times more than the maximum uh, WNBA salary for a lot of their players. So there's a wild, wild, wild discrepancy there. Um, There's, uh, there's question as to whether she even had this vape cartridge with Hashish oil, and if she did, what how big of a deal is that? (laughs) Why are you holding this person um, essentially hostage? There was a photo that came out of her um, where, I mean, this is assumptions being made, but where she looked really traumatized. Um, She faces up to 10 years in prison. She wrote a a letter to Biden um, saying that she was afraid she was gonna be held in Russia forever. She wrote, "As I sit here in a Russian prison, alone with my thoughts and without the protection of my wife, family, friends, Olympic jersey, or any accomplishments, I'm terrified I might be here forever." Um, and it's also worth noting she is gay. She's the first openly gay athlete that Nike sponsored. Um, Putin is notoriously homophobic and anti-gay as well. Um, there are some unconfirmed reports that she's, you know, a political pawn, and that they want to essentially trade her for a, you know, for Russian prisoners that are in the United States. But regardless, it's disgusting that she was detained in the first place, that she's being held. And Russia has an extremely fucking high conviction rate in the 90s um, and have been known to trump up charges. Mm. So we see you as always (laughs) to Putin and to um, everyone Responsible, and people have been saying, you know, if this were a an NBA star of her caliber, they would be back by now, um, which I don't disagree with. Um, so I'm hoping that with the more publicity that's you know coming from this and the letter, parts of which which were released, that maybe we'll be able to get her back here. Um, but we see you like she shouldn't have had to be there in the first place. She should have been paid equitably to her male counterparts. But again, this is America. So here we are. We see you. Awful.
1: Ugh. My last we see was just like a major sigh to um, Joe Biden in the White House once again, because um, the oh, news... yeah. not Joe, good old Joe. Yeah. um. News from CNN today um, just further illustrated how unprepared they were for the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade that on the day that it did, which is just totally unacceptable. I tweeted out something similar, which was just like, I knew, you know, and I'm not a lawyer. I'm not in Washington, not Washington Insider. Not so I pay attention to politics. But like, if I know, they should know, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be Friday. And like, mentally prepared myself for that so like the fact that the white house wouldn't know and that their aid like um senior aides were out getting coffee when the decision um actually hit uh was it said like a white house press aide was assigned to the issue was walking to get coffee when the alert hit (laughs) it's like Really? A Friday morning when, like, at the end of a Supreme Court session that's historic, like, you're not prepared with a statement. You're not prepared for what might happen. Like, that is stunning to me. It's just, like, an extra level of of um, mind-boggling ignorance and just um, having completely vacated your responsibility to the people who elected you. Um In the report from CNN, uh, they say fundamentally Biden and his aides are operating from a very different sense of the presidency. He's being realistic, they believe, and responsible, not just because his options are truly limited, but specifically because he's trying to restore the structural integrity of the government and democracy after four years of Trump. They also see him as taking a more integrated view, moving on canceling student loan debt, for example, they believe could imperil whatever is left of the legislative agenda that's starting to emerge from Senate negotiations. It's like what do you mean? Like, there's no legislative agenda. Nothing is happening. Um, and uh, it seems like a lot of people were really, ha- have, you know, uh, yeah, people were really stunned, at, have been stunned at the lack of actual action and movement on the from Biden and his administration in the wake of this overturning of Roe. And And conservatives have been pleasantly surprised. They've been like, wow, they're not even putting up any fight. There's just infighting, which is like, just makes me even more upset and even more mm-hmm. like wanting to lash out at Biden. Um, because like, anyway, he's just not the man for the moment, as we've said, but like this other, this report about how absolutely unprepared they were for Friday when like I was prepared, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, is unacceptable. Yeah, you literally texted me
0: the day before. <laughs> <laughs> <think> it's coming.
1: <laughs> uh yeah. So just like we see you to that, that's unacceptable
0: and i have a quasi good thing it's a good thing okay. that happened as a result of a very bad thing happening okay um, which is the best we can do here sometimes it really <laughs> is ones <Depends> at <laughs> the pod will know yeah but They're rarely <laughs> as pure as spent and magic yeah um so sarah kruzan was ni- was 16 in 1994 when she killed a man who had sexually abused and trafficked her for years She was convicted of murder, sentenced to life in prison without parole, and she was pardoned. Um, So, this is 27 years later. um, And therefore, she was in jail for 27 years for killing her abuser. Mm -hmm. She was a teenager. Um, And there are a lot more girls and women like her Mm -hmm. who, when they do, if they do, Fight back against their abuser. Um, they're sentenced to to hard time um, in jail, hmm. rather than being seen as like the victims and the survivors that they are. So it's a good thing um, because it's a, a recognition of what the situation actually was. It's some sort of justice. I mean, justice in the first place would have been her not spending a day
1: right in jail.
0: Um, but hopefully, it's precedent <laughs> hopefully we'll see more more girls and women who are in prison because of these these reasons either released or not even in prison in the first place that would be great, that would be um, great. because we think about standard ground laws and what those apply to yeah <laughs> how yeah. they're applied and then you see the girls and women who are locked up for fighting back when their lives are in real danger Interesting dichotomy. Anyway, this is a good thing, though. So, yay. Mm -hmm.
1: In true good thing, you know.
0: (laughs) There's there's nuance, you
1: know. There's nuance. Ugh. Well, thus concludes another SCOTUS episode that is just shit decision after shit decision.
0: It's true. Well,
1: and we don't have an episode next week because we will actually be seeing each other in person.
0: We will.
1: <laughs> Yay! Um, so everyone enjoy next week. You won't have us uh, you know, <laughs> griping Drag about down. Yeah. <laughs> We won't be griping about the Supreme Court next week. We're gonna be taking a break for fun things. Um, and then we'll be back the week after that.
0: We'll be back to ruin your lives. Yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: Feminists without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcasts.
0: Bye. Bye,